0: Good morning. We're going to be looking in the Old Testament in the Book of Exodus, chapter twenty-one. I always think it's so weird to be up high and you're down there. It's <laughs> strange. Before I read something here, um, when we our thoughts about slavery and. Uh, it being a terrible thing, and then in how in 1857 Dred Scott was uh, even supported slavery, and we know slavery, what it did to this country and how it tore us apart. and And so I just want to address something here in Exodus. Um, this was a different type of slavery. A lot of times Israel, when they conquered had the, the people from the other countries, they would probably make them slaves to serve them in one way, and then. Um, there was a situation where, I want to talk this morning about that word slave or servant's slave. And basically, when you read through the epistles, um, they always start off with the address of Paul or Timothy, a servant of Jesus Christ. A servant. And that's, that's what we are called to be. And... I just find it interesting, myself, and I'm sure with, you, with yourself, what we do is we, have a, we make our, almost, it's almost like idolatry. We, make, we have a concept, we, we create a concept of what we want God to be so that we'll feel comfortable in how we're living. And we can justify that by this concept because what happens is we stray away from here, and so we make God in our own image so we can feel comfortable and justify our lack of, of, of what this servant is. I think this is an important word this morning for us because whenever I sense a real resistance from the enemy, when I'm about to do something, and I, it's a strong pushback, I know that God has something to say to us. Definitely something to say to me, um, as I wrestled with this for a couple of weeks, but just this whole concept of being a servant. And so, um, but slavery to the Jews was different. I just want to read something, it can summarize it real quickly. Slavery among the Jews was very different from the despicable slavery of modern times. In the Mosaic Law, there are many regulations given to control it. It was not dehumanizing, the dehumanizing kind of slavery which had been practiced by some. Rather, slavery or servitude then served as an important social function. A person could become a slave or a servant to pay off debts. By serving for a period of time, the debts could be repaid and the person freed of his obligation. Poor people could seek refuge by becoming a servant in exchange for which they would receive food, clothing, housing, and a certain remuneration. Servitude could even alleviate the society from the needs of prisons, for in some cases, the thieves could make restitution by a period of service. And in any of these cases, servitude was limited by law to a maximum of six years. In the seventh year, the slave was permitted to go free. The law was very specific that no one could be a slave in Perpetuity. He could only serve for six years, and then he must go free. But there was one exception to this rule. The exception was if the servant of his own free will decided to become a permanent slave. You might ask, why would anyone even consent to do such a thing? That's what I want to cover this morning. Um, so there were advantages of being a servant-slave... In, in this time in Israel, you could pay off debts. You could. It was a place of possibly employment where you had your food and clothing taken care of. And so it, it just gives you a different perspective on what a servant slash slave was. And also, there was a time limitation on it. And so it benefited, at that time, the society. So I just want to make a correlation this morning between this type of slavery that Israel did, and also this, this concept of being able to choose whether you want to be a slave or not. If you go to Exodus 21, verse 1, Now these are the judgments which you shall set before them. If you buy a Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he was married, then his wife sh- shall go out with him. If his master was given him a wife, and she has borne him sons or daughters. The wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall not go out b- and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, "I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free." Then his master shall bring him into the judges, and he shall also bring him to the door or into the doorpost, and he shall, the master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. So there were advantages of being a slave in the time of Israel. Um, another situation here. In other words, if the person came in having a wife and children, he could leave with them if he came in single and in the process got married and had children, if he decides to go, he doesn't, the family doesn't go with him. They stay with the master. So you come, to, you come to the place where the servant might decide to continue in the master's service. The choice is totally the servant. And that's the way it is with God. He doesn't force anybody to be a servant. He gives you a free will to choose. But when you see here, they brought him to the door. They had an instrument that would, that would put a hole through their ear. And when, no one really says whether it was filled with something, an earring, or it was just a, a sign that this person was going to be a slave, a servant forever to his master. So then you think, this is what Jesus Christ has called us to be. To be a servant forever. And we make a choice on whether we want to do that. He doesn't force us. There may be in your mind, you know, people are saved. They're converted, there's salvation. And then over here, you have followers of him servants of him, slaves to him. And I don't know, I don't know people's hearts. I don't, obviously sometimes we don't even know our own heart. But in a crowd like this or in any crowd, how many people are really slaves and servant to the master? And how many, and then there's the group that's sitting on the fence. And the interesting thing is when you read the Bible, you know, you're neither hot nor cold. Jesus said, I will spit you out of my mouth. Seems kind of harsh, but he's not for lukewarmness. It's either you're hot or you're cold. And all this is generated, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to live that life. It's not something you can do. You can decide. Just thinking back, thinking back on my own life as a Christian, Sometimes there's a line of demarcation where something happens where you cross that line and all of a sudden you are, I didn't say perfect, you are sold out to serving him. It doesn't look a certain way. You can't go by sight. It's in someone's heart if they are sold out and a servant to the master. Isn't it interesting? With a servant, I'm sure if you, you just think of in the English kingdom, and they had servants. Imagine the master telling the servant to do something and the servant goes, I'm not doing that. That's, that's just in the worldly sense. But that's how we operate. If we are his servant, when he tells us to do something, he's the master, we should do it. I don't think I want to do that. I'll do that, but not that. And, I, and we pick and choose what we want to do. No one here has arrived. We all understand that. But we're all in a place where, who am I to tell the master what I want to do? And yet, we live our lives that way at times as Christians. We pick and we choose. And so, the choice is the servant. And so you see here today, we get an understanding of the nature of the choice of the service before you. The first point I want to make is the choice. And here's from an earthly author, Robert Frost. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged into a wood, and I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Choices. Choices. Choices that you're going to make. Choices that determine your destiny. It sounds like that's over-exaggerated, but really, our destiny as a Christian, what we're going to do, who we're going to affect, and how we're going to affect them, how we're going to affect the world, are made by choices. You have two choices in life. Again, I didn't say perfection, but you have a choice of which way you want to go. What did Jesus say the road is the gate is it's straight and it's narrow and few find it. There's few that find that way as believers. I mean I'm thinking of the songs that we sang this morning. You know he he is the he has the kingdom. It's it's all he's the king. Do you really believe that? One day, we're going to be there, and we're going to realize he is the king. Even though we believe it now, we can only grasp it at times. But he's the king. Futures are determined daily by choices people make. that people make. There are always two roads for which to choose. The road one takes makes all the difference. Psalm 119.30. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. Isn't it true our lives are a series of decisions, of choices, choices that you're going to make today, And we're going to see choices that you made in the past that in some ways have scarred and done destruction to our lives. And I know God redeems things, but there are scars and things that I've done, and I'm sure you've done, that I wish I could take back because of bad decisions. I know I'm forgiven, I know God loves me, but there's damage done because it still holds true the wages of sin is still death sin is destructive and so god is doing all this to 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 prevent us from having that i mean i wish i were like some of the young people i could go back in time and make those right decisions but i didn't for whatever reason it never it wasn't to be i didn't wasn't exposed, I didn't believe, rebellious. But a young person who's brought up in a Christian home, really, they have the opportunity to have so much less scarring in their life if they make the right choice. Some roads, after we choose, we can never make our way back. Let's not fool ourselves. The gospel is good news. And, it, and it's there's redemption and there's restoration. I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of people that sometimes they never make their way back. They don't. Don't, don't live in a delusion like, oh, everything's going to be fine. A lot of times it isn't fine. This is a broken world that we're in. And sin is destructive. And some people are... are damaged. I'm not saying there's no hope. What I'm saying is, people who make the right choice, you minimize the damage. I just find it interesting, the more and more time goes on, less and less people want to hear what you have to say. That frustrates me. Especially when someone is older and has experience And has been through things, and they have no experience, but they know more than you. But I'm sure, I know that's the way I was growing up. My dad and my mom were telling me something, but I thought I knew better. Why go through all that to find that out yourself, and just listen to what they say, and prevent all that? But that's just the pride of people, pride in our hearts. So, the direction of our life can change with a choice. Unfortunately, how lightly decisions are made. The friends that we decide to hang around with. I know for myself, I was brought up in a decent family, but I got around the wrong people, and that overrode whatever my family was instilling in me. God, in his mercy, brings you back by the grace of God, but it's just like peer group is way more powerful than your family when you're in those teenage years. All that matters is, what do they think about me? I want to be liked. I wish I could go back and live those years knowing what I know now. What would have have happened? Wrong place at the wrong time. Choosing our friends, choosing what school we go to, choosing a career, choosing a mate to be married, choosing a church. Those are big decisions. And you need to be seeking God for those decisions. God gives us a mind, we think, but we submit everything to him. We submit everything to the master. We're the servant. The servant doesn't tell the master what he's going to do. The master tells the servant what he wants them to do. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. You humble yourself. He will give you direction. Sometimes you find yourself going in circles in life. One bad decision after another, and you're going around, and you're going around, and you're going around. You come back to the same place, no progress. Are you seeking the master? He's got the master plan. But most important, the decisions concerning our our spiritual destiny. Do you know that you have a destiny? Sometimes we think, I don't have time to go into all this, but sometimes we think, "I'm going to heaven. I'll be with everybody. Everything's going to be nice. Everything's going to be good. What am I going to do? there? I don't really know. Um, we have, we have we have we don't really study the scriptures to see what's really going to happen. You realize the first thousand years that we're in the kingdom, and as we sang one of the songs, Jesus is going to rule with a rod of iron. What's going to happen? We're going to be raptured. All the people that go through the tribulation are going to be in the millennial kingdom. We're going to be in resurrected bodies. We're going to be almost like we're going to be immortal. We're going to be reigning with Christ. It's going to be Christ and us reigning over the Gentile nations during that thousand years. So what you do here and what what you do for God, and don't get confused, we're saved by grace, but where you end up in that kingdom reigning with Christ and what he has you to do has to do with works, has to do what you do for God, here. That's why there's a judgment seat of Christ. That's why he's going to judge what you've done, and he's going to determine your rewards. And I know He's going to determine where in that kingdom you're going to be serving. That's a thousand-year reign. And then the people are going to be born. The people who came through the tribulation, they're going to repopulate the earth thousand years. Jesus is going to be on the throne in Jerusalem. David's going to reign over Israel. And yet people will still not believe in Jesus. Because there'll be a rebellion against him at the end of a thousand years. So you wonder why people, you know, you say, why don't people understand what I'm saying or receive Christ? They're going to see him and they're still going to reject them that's the heart of man but my point is that our destiny in that kingdom and what we do is based on what we do here what does the master have me to do you can't compare with me i can't compare with you but why if you do all these things for jesus and i've done nothing why am i going to be equal with you in serving him there it's not going to be it's going to be different there's no condemnation, there's no guilt, but you're not gonna, I'm not going to be in the same place you are. Now, is that about pride and ego? No, that's about his glory. We're going to be in that place with him, serving him, reigning over the Gentile kings. There's going to be nations, and we're going to be there, and each one of you is going to have a place doing that, those of us who have been redeemed. You're not going to be shoved in the corner. You're going to be doing something. The earth is going to populate. The people who are there are going to reproduce. They're going to plant. Things are going to go on in a way. It's going to be different, but we don't just sit around. That's why your spiritual destiny is so important. As the guy says on the the video, I'm not feeling a whole lot of love here this morning. It's, this is just the way it is. The spiritual road we choose will impact our life here and now, but our life for eternity. There are roads which lead to service. The choice is really one of whom you will serve. And when I heard that, that just brings to my mind, I remember in the probably the early 80s or late 80s, when I thought Bob Dylan became a believer, searching whatever he was doing, and he had that song, you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Who are you serving? There's no middle ground, (coughs) excuse me, there's no middle ground where I'm neutral. Is your life that of a servant? Again, not perfect. Are you serving him? Or are you caught up in the world? You're caught up in the world. You're caught up in Satan's kingdom. And so who are you serving? Yeah, we we work. We do the things that we do while we're here. We enjoy the fruits of our labor. But am I getting sucked into the world system? Only two roads, only two choices. First Kings 18.21 and Elijah came to all the people and said <clears throat> how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. If God is God, then serve him. If he's not, then don't. Don't waste your time. What happens is all of us, we want, to, we want to be in the middle ground. Well, yeah, but no. Yeah, in that condition I will, but in this one I won't. And we're all guilty of it. He's looking for followers, disciples. It goes beyond salvation. You're saved, you're going to heaven, but now do you want to do his will, do you want to follow him? what's following him you'll see following him is going to the cross like he did dying to yourself dying to your own interest dying to your plan it sounds so horrible in our mind it's the most freeing thing that there is Amen. you're set free from yourself you're willing to be willing if you're willing he'll he'll help you he'll give you a grace you're willing to be willing to follow him that's when things how could 12 guys change the world when he was there because they were sold out to him they were 100 percent in weak yeah peter none of that stuff happened once the holy spirit came they were different but you read the book of acts they were Willing to die for him. And that's what's happening, we read in other countries. People are willing to die for Christ. Doesn't make them better than us. We're he, God put you here to serve him here. If this is where he called you, there's not one place more spiritual than another. It's where he wants you to be, it's where he puts you. In my mind, my natural thing is God, I don't want to be in Springfield, Massachusetts. Naturally, I don't. I've been here. I, you, know, you think you know, you know. You make decisions sometimes. You come back around. But it's his plan. He's the master. Am I willing to obey the master? So one way, Satan, his kingdom, we choose to go our own way. Instead of God's, see, when we go our own way, we define it as something else. But when you go your own way, you're going Satan's way. Because that's what he's all about. You're not, there's nothing in between or like, well, no, it's not really that. That sounds, that sounds kind of weird. I'm going Satan's way. No, when you go your way, isn't that what Satan did? I want to go my way. I'm not submitting to God. I want to be God. But as God's servant, we choose to surrender our lives to Him. Matthew sixteen, twenty-four and twenty-five. Say this with me: No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. Money isn't evil; it's the love of money. You can't serve both. And where does money come from? From the, the system that I'm talking about. We can't serve both. That's, that's like spiritual schizophrenia, trying to serve both. You're like, here, there, no. Uh, you're in, you're out. It's so confusing. Being a bond slave to Christ. Everything's put in the Bible for a reason. That, you know, putting your ear to the doorpost and they pierce it through, it's a sign that you're going to be, he made, that person made a decision to be a slave for the rest of his life to that master. That's what Jesus is looking for us to do. Am I willing to be his servant slave for the rest of my life? Is it really worth it? That's the decision you have to make. Will it really be worth it? Obviously, when we don't, in our mind, we're really saying it's not worth it. The wilderness of decision. Would you go free from service to him, knowing what you know about his goodness? Would you go free from him? Would you leave him? These guys who became bond slaves for for the rest of their lives, not only because the family was there, because they loved the master. They loved that master. They wanted to serve him. It's a faith that works by love. You're serving out of love. Not because you have to. God doesn't want that. He wants you to be willing. Is it worth it? Well, go to enough funerals, and you make that that up in your own mind see people that have died or see people in the casket is it worth it okay what what happens at the end you're not taking anything with you this is it it's all about eternity what you know where i'm going to be in eternity what's going to happen how many people can i influence to take to to take to eternity with me that should be our heart's desire is that we don't want to see people perish we want them to have an eternal destiny. All it takes is one person to be totally sold to serve and be a servant to change a city. I believe that. It doesn't take a whole lot of people. In a crowd like this, it could take two people who maybe haven't decided to go there or to go that far that when they're committed like that, things happen. And some of you I know, those that I know, you are a servant to the master and you do affect a lot of people. And there's others that God wants to bring to that place. Hebrews eleven fifteen. 15. And truly if they had called to mind the country from which they came out of, they would have had opportunity to return. Basically, Jesus is saying, whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. You want to look back and see where you came from? You turn around, you'll be like Lot's, this is his name's wife, to turn into salt. You look back. Forget about looking back. You, you move forward. You move forward with Jesus Christ. The past, I can see some things from the past that God uses in my life now. He turns all things together for good. It's not good, but he can turn those things in certain ways that work for your good. You have the power to go free if you want to. Everything I'm saying, you could say, I don't want that. And that's your free will. And that's your choice and that's what you'll be held accountable for and i'm not trying to scare anybody i'm just saying that's just the reality i have responsibility to tell you what i believe happens you will answer one day as believers at the judgment seat of christ i don't know what that's going to be like i really don't i just read that sentence in there we will all appear before the judgment seat of christ Things done in his name will remain. Things that are wood, hay, and stubble are gone. So whatever's left is your reward. I don't know about you, but don't you want to go for the rewards? Amen? That's what we want. Not for ourselves. It's to bring him glory. We don't bring glory to ourselves. Without him, we can't do anything. Matthew 6, 24. Okay, we already did that one. Sorry. To receive Christ is to deny the world. You are surrendering to a life of commitment to him. You're not committed to us. You're not committed to Cottage Hill. You're not committed. The only person you're committed to is Jesus Christ. And however he leads you. But it's all connected. You're co- the commitment is to him. He's. It's real. He's alive right now. He's on the throne. He has all the we sang the song. He has all the power. He has all the glory. It's all real. Or is it just in your imagination? Or you think someday, you know, it's sometimes we live in like Disney World. We think, well, you know, I don't really know. Just read the Bible, read the book of Revelation. So then you have many people who make professions before they really believe. Yeah, say the prayer and you'll, you'll, you'll enter the kingdom. You can be saved. Yeah, that can happen. Just because they say a prayer doesn't mean they're in. What's it look like after? There's people who are professors, but they're not possessors. I think we have Second Timothy 3, 5 having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. If you're around people that profess to be a believer and you don't see any fruits in their life, what's it say there? Get away from them. Because that's, that's going to influence you in the wrong way. I'm not saying you don't try to help them be saved, but there's times where you've got to move on. Again, hearing what the master tells you what to do. You have the power to go free and Christ will not hold you to an unwilling servitude. He's not. He's not going to twist your arm. It's all your free will. But weigh it out in your mind. Is this going to be worth it? Is it worth it to really serve him? You have to answer that for yourself. Or would you go free? Surrender and receive the power to serve him with gladness and joy. You found peace. You found joy. You found truth. You found forgiveness and purpose in life when you came to Christ. You found all those things. So he gave you all those things. Because there's an Ephesians 1, 3. He gave you everything. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And I want to leave him? That's insanity. Think about it. He's given me all that. Why wouldn't I want to be a, ser- a servant to that kind of a master who's given me all that? We're still tempted by sin and pleasure, but weighed in the balance, it is found wanting. You have to come to the place where you're in this world, but you're not of this world. You have to work. You have to provide yourself. But really, this world has nothing to offer me. Not, not the, the real things about life. It, doesn't have the, it, doesn't have, it can't offer me that. It, it, I found out myself, it's empty. That's how I came to Jesus. You try all that stuff, you realize, oh, I'm still empty, let me try this. Still empty. Let me think this way. Still empty. And you wonder why people give up hope. It's like 123 people a day commit suicide in the United States. There's no hope. So it's good if you listen to some people who've been around, especially young people, they'll tell you. The things that you think you want to try, find out from them. They tried it, and what did it do? Oh, no, that's right. For you, it's going to be different. That's right. That generation, it's going to be different. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. It just looks different. It's just the same stuff. What's the same in Ecclesiastes? The people with wisdom die, and so then the next generation has to come and learn it all over again. And then they die, and then you know, no, one, no one learns from anybody else. Then the last thing, the consideration. What are the good reasons for that choice? What's it say in verse 5? And if the servant shall say, I love my master. I love my master. Do you love him? You should. Look what he's done for you. And then in this part here, the one who had the kids, the family but after he became a slave now he's going to leave his wife and kids that was also a piece of it am i going to leave that so i can have a free will and not be a slave a servant anymore sometimes you need to go on in your walk with god just for the sake of your kids so they can see something that you're not a quitter and that you don't I didn't say perfect, but you don't live what you're talking about. They need, For their sake, you keep walking the walk. And sometimes you, there's nothing you have to say to them. They know what you know. They know about you. They know what you believe. The witness is right in front of them. So then you ask yourself the question, where would I go? That's what the disciples said, John 6. Jesus talked about him going to the cross. What are they going to do? And he said, therefore, I say to you that no one can come to me unless he is granted to him by my father. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You ask yourself the question, where am I going to go from here? You have the words of eternal life. That's what the disciples felt. Where are we going to go? We followed you. We've given our life to you. You have the words of eternal life. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The way of the master and the servant obey him is freedom. That's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. There's freedom. Sometimes we want to run our own life. It's horrible, isn't it? We're in control. I don't know. You say to yourself, what does surrender look like? Just totally giving yourself to the master and whatever the master says. Like we heard this morning, if the master says forgive, you need to forgive. If the master says love, then you need to love. It's everything. It's what he says we do. Well, in this case, Jesus... It's funny, when you counsel people and you talk to them, they want to come up with their own... Well, not in that case. I don't have to do that because... Then the last thing, the commitment. There is a commitment involved in this choice for perpetual service. Basically, what I was reading, the master brought the person to God. The word... It is Elohim, which translated as God. So the elders or the judges brought this slave. They stood as God, they stood as God's representative, and it was a public forum. They brought him to a public place so people could see. And here the slave was brought by his master, where his confession could be made. The slave plainly says, slave must make the choice. It was a real thing. The slave must make the choice. And he did that in front of people. Kind of a little bit like Pastor Jeff saying about baptism. Well, I'm a little ashamed on this. What are you ashamed of? It's like you believe and you get baptized. It's about what he did in your life. And so here the slave says, I make the choice. So you ask yourself the question, are you being brought to that place of decision? That's what the Spirit's doing. He's bringing us to that place. Are you going to decide? Are you going to serve me and be that slave servant to the Master? Are you willing to do that? For some of you, maybe that commitment is going to be today in your heart. You're really going to do that. You don't need to come up here and do anything, but you need to make that decision in your heart, and you enter a whole new realm of Him in control of your life. Joshua 24, 14 and 15. Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth. This is Joshua talking to Israel. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? You make, they make that decision. Joshua was saying to him, who are you going to serve? Make your mind up. But as for my house, I will serve the Lord. You make that decision. Jesus made that same decision. I just want to see this verse, Philippians 2.8. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He submitted to the master, his father. He was pierced through himself at the cross for us. He decided the Father, if it's possible, can, can I get out of this?" He, he prayed that three times, but then he said, "Not your will, but, not my will, but yours be done." That's Jesus. Speaking to the Father, not my will, but yours be done. Obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus was pierced through, just like a slave was that we just read about. By surrendering, we identify with Him on the, on the cross. The more you you're a Christian, the more you realize He sets the bar here. But it's whosoever will. Wants to follow me. Will it be worth it? You better believe it'll be worth it. When you get to heaven and you realize that, oh, I wasted my time, I did this, I should have done that, you wish you did more. We praise your name this morning, Jesus. Holy Spirit, make this a reality in our life. Holy Spirit, just come in and break those chains that are holding us back. Lord God, you are the champion forevermore. We worship you this morning. Just praise him this morning right now. Just thank him for who he is and what he's done. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you for who you are, Jesus, for your mercy on us, God. We praise your name. You are worthy of your praise this morning. God. thank you, God. Oh God, this amazing grace that you have given us, I pray that we wouldn't waste it on our own life, but that we would totally be sold out for you. Whatever that means in our life, Lord God, you're going to bring it to a completion. Work in us, God. Work in this church. Work in your people. We want to follow you, Master. We're your servants, Jesus. Help us to be better servants if we haven't arrived there. Maybe you don't even know the Master. He wants to know you. He offers you the free gift to come to Him. He'll forgive you of all your sins and give you a new beginning. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. I want that forgiveness. That's you this morning, with your eyes closed here. Just lift your hand up. I want to pray for you if you've never asked Christ into your life. Say, Lord Jesus, come in and save me. Don't be here as a professor. Be a possessor. Ask Him to come in and save you. Your eternal destiny is on the line. Say, Lord Jesus, come in and save me. Just lift your hand up and put it down. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness in our lives. Thank you that you never give up on us. What you've what the work you've started you will complete. I just pray that we would be in cooperation with what it is that you want to do, God. Lord, do, do, we're asking you so glory can be lifted to you, that you do great things to our lives as we submit to you, Lord. In this city, in this church. Take us way beyond ourself that only you can do that. Help us to be carriers of this good news wherever we go. And Lord God, help us We want to be obedient servants. Holy Spirit, just weed out those things that are in the way this morning. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.